For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, my friends, it's Andy over at the Andy Falco Show, coming to you live from Brea, California. And um, got a lot to cover. I'm gonna do my very best to get it done in uh, less than an hour. I, I, <laughs> I pray and I'm gonna try, um, uh, but do have a lot to cover. I created a video that I'm gonna share uh, that I took from five different videos and put them together in an order so that I can talk about each part of, um, this situation and i also included the um the press conference that the family of mr brooks um uh, uh their press conference the attorneys uh, from yesterday that i think ignited uh, much of the riot and uh, and i so i kind of want to throw that in there as as a we got to do better <laughs> we just simply have to do better because everybody's jumping to conclusions and this is the problem i've been talking about for well over a week now however long the riots have been in place all this stuff is going on um and so we're going to tackle that um so i'm going to come back in just one second but i need to to make sure and talk about uh the sponsors for this show it's really important um, for me to do that, because I would love for you to at least check them out, go to the websites and check them out. Uh, and the first one is uh, uh, one called todayshappycoffee.com, todayshappycoffee.com. It's a new coffee that I just started uh, with, and it's a, I'm, a, uh, I'm having them as a sponsor. Uh, it's a great coffee. It gives you energy. It, it has uh, some good, healthy um, uh, ingredients in there. Um, it's helped people uh, based on what I've seen as far as testimonials are concerned, help people lose weight, gives you a lot of energy and simply, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, gives you some, uh, makes you happy. <laughs> There's some ingredients in there. If you go to the website, it'll explain it all. Uh, I, I don't have it all in front of me. Oh, here it is. I'm so sorry. I, I thought I, I thought I didn't have it handy. Um, but um, uh, New Tropics, that's what it's called. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, they get all uh, the natural blend of amino acids, uh, choline, and fat burners. They also um, have the happy hormones, the dopamine, the oxytocin, the serotonin, and the uh, endorphins. Uh, helps trigger those, and so it has a lot of ingredients that help that. It's a great, great coffee, great sponsor. Just go to the website, check it out, buy some coffee. If you don't like it, give it back, all right? <laughs> it's fantastic. You won't give it back. Uh, and then today's CBD oil, of course. I love CBD oil. You know that I've been talking about CBD oil for at least a couple of years now. Viseo has the best product on the market. They're uh, one of the top 50 healthcare companies in the world. It has liposome technology, which allows the nutrients to get into your body. So go to todayscbdoil.com to get CBD. And then we have todaysviseo.com, which is the same company, but there's other wellness products that you only get on this website. The CBD is separate because it's CBD and it's a little bit controversial. 
social. So they set up two different websites. All right, so go to those um, sponsors. I would appreciate it very much. It would be very helpful to me if you purchase some product and share them with your friends and family. All right, so uh, I need to, to talk a little bit. I need to lay a little bit of foundation and I know this uh, can irritate some of the people that don't know me or that do know me because I have to do this all the time and I've, I've even had my assistant say, do you have to do that? It makes it sound like you're you're blowing up your ego or something like that. And, and unfortunately, uh, it is necessary because this goes to people that don't know who I am and don't know what my background is. And so I think that uh, people just think I'm just some dude who just uh, is talking out of his butt and I wanna make sure that that is not the case. All right, so I'm a, a retired police officer, 21 years, Anaheim Police Department. Uh, I was in the K-9 unit for many, many years. Uh, I uh, was in SWAT. I also was an observer from time to time in the helicopter. I was a detective in family crimes and then a detective in sex crimes. I also went undercover on occasion. That wasn't one of my primary positions, but early on in my career, I was undercover and did some undercover work. And so I uh, did a lot of different things. I never did motors. That was never my I just never wanted to do that. I didn't mind being in a helicopter, but I, I did want to be on a motorcycle. I felt a motorcycle was way more dangerous than being in a helicopter. So I, I did not want to do that. As a police officer, I drove around a motorcycle, uh, but uh, I never wanted to be in motors. So that's my history. 21 years with Anaheim Police Department. Um, I started a company called Falco Canine Academy where I've trained police dogs all over the world. Of course, police dogs in, the, in relationship to biting is a use of force. Uh, scenario where uh, either you're protecting yourself because you're being uh, punched and hit by somebody, you've been attacked by a suspect, you uh, call your dog out by pushing a button on your belt, which causes the door to open, dog comes out and rescues you, or you send the dog to go search for a bad guy hiding in a residential area inside of a building, what have you, and the dog will, uh, you know, if the person's in a place where he can be bit, the dog often bites him, They're, therefore there's force being used and injury to suspects. Um, where I'm going with that is that um, I, I started a a company called Falco Canada Academy, where I began training police dogs all over the world and teaching handlers how to use their dog effectively, but also doing it in a way that was uh, within reason and reasonable force of using a dog that actually bites somebody and injures them. I also trained detection dogs and uh, in, the, in the relationship of dogs searching for narcotics and doing warrantless search in vehicles, in lockers at schools, inside homes and buildings based on a dog's alert. Um, and then the last thing I want to make sure, make sure you know is for the last 20 years, I've been a, a, um, an expert witness in criminal courts in both state and federal court cases, both in the United States and in Canada. And I get tons of cases. Uh, in over the last 20 uh, years, I've probably received well over two or 300 cases, maybe up to 400 cases. I have not taken them all because some of them officers do fantastic. And there's no reason for me to, to continue forward after I read the reports, look at the videos, everything that I get sent. Many times, most often officers do fantastic, especially in California. We are very fortunate here. We got great training. Uh, we have great hiring um, uh, procedures. And uh, But across the United States and Canada, on occasion, we, we have some of those cases where officers do not do the right thing. And, uh, and I'm very active in that. I am not liked by law enforcement because I do take on those cases and call out officers when they are wrong and have done it for many, many years and have no problem doing it. Um, uh, a lot of officers, again, have problems with me doing it, but I don't have any problem doing it. Why? Because I love law enforcement. I want uh, law enforcement officers to be safe. I also want them to do the right thing. And I have, again, I'm going to say it just one more time. I have no problem um, saying that an officer did something wrong. I will tell you an officer did something wrong. An officer in Minneapolis, Minnesota did something wrong, right? He kneeled on um, Mr. Floyd's neck. Uh, for who God knows why the guy was handcuffed uh, and then uh, was on there so long that he killed him. 
that, that there's no angle that I've seen right now that can justify any reason why that should have happened. And there's nothing that happened before that, as far as I've, I've seen, as far as video is concerned, witness statements, the things that I've been able to see, I am not, I don't work for Minneapolis and I don't work for the DA's office nor the DOJ so that I have maybe additional information that you don't have. Based on what I've seen, he's guilty of uh, second degree murder, but he's still got to go through a trial. And so, you know, anything can happen. Some other evidence can come out, but based on what I've seen, that's what we have. So I want to make sure that that's clear before we go to Atlanta. All right. So that's the foundation. So we're going to get to Atlanta now. So Atlanta is a different thing, a whole different thing. And what I want to do first, and I hope it's okay. And you know, this is the way I set it up. I took five or I can't remember now. I think it's five different videos. I watched them all in their entirety. I took portions of them. The reason I took portions is because we could be on this for almost three hours based on the amount of video I have. Uh, nobody has that kind of time, but I did uh, do some uh, editing and cuts, not to um, uh, make it look like it goes towards one way or the other. I just wanted to make a point. Don't, it, you, I, I'll, I'll gladly share the entire videos with anybody so you can see the entire thing. Uh, I'm not hiding anything. I didn't splice it so it looks a certain way or sounds a certain way. I made sure and just simply got the points that were important and then I will talk through some of the things that I that I edited out only for time because there's a lot of conversation prior to anything happening, which is the big lie that you're hearing in the news media, right? You're hearing that, you know, they got there and they just shot him. No, they didn't get there and just shoot him. Um, just like many of these other cases, much like the Brianna case that they keep bringing up about the no-knock warrants. Uh, that's not, they didn't walk into that, they didn't no-knock, they didn't just kick down a door and shoot the poor girl uh, in cold blood. But that's what they tell you, right? That's what they say. But that's not what happened. She was a drug dealer. Her boyfriend was a drug dealer. The no-knock notice was to save lives, not to take lives. They were hoping not to get into shooting. Cops really don't want to get into a shooting. I'm telling you. I know you think that they want to get into shooting. Those of you that, uh, you know, think negatively about law enforcement, but no knock warrants are to save lives. This whole discussion on the news and everything we're hearing is completely just wrong. And, and just, we should not be having this discussion because they are not, the reason we have them is to save lives. I know that I'll get comments that it's not the case, but I'm telling you, it's to save lives. Um, her boyfriend shot first, shot an officer. Um, if you've ever been in a shooting, you know what it's like. Uh, those of you that have not been to shooting, most of the people that are talking on television have never been to shooting. You've never had to go into a place to arrest somebody that you know is armed and dangerous because that is your job, right? Well, you should have gone in there. No, that's our job, right? We set up a case. We need to go get somebody. Then we need to arrest them. We know where they're at, or at least we think they're there. Um, and then we get a warrant based on all the information we give the judge. The judge gives us a no-knock warrant. And the no-knock warrant is so that we can save lives. We want to get in there before anybody gets armed uh, and gets a gun and knows we're coming when you want to get in there fast. But in this case, it just didn't work. It would have That shooting would have happened whether it was a no-knock notice uh, warrant or it was a warrant with a knock, right? It wouldn't matter. The shooting was going to occur, all right? Whether she would have died in the in the shooting, nobody knows. But the, the boyfriend shot, the officers returned fire, and she was shot, shot in the middle, and she unfortunately died. We're sorry, and it's unfortunate. And I don't know what to tell you, but it's not what you think. All right, so let's get to this one. What I'm going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the attorneys. This is the longest part, but it's important, I think, because I want to have you hear what the attorney said in the press a conference before they set the Wendy's on fire. As far as I can tell, it was before because it was I could see it was daylight when they did this press conference. The fire seemed to have been started at night. But this is what fuels fire. This rhetoric, this this the saying stuff before they know. It actually is the wrong thing for attorneys to do. Uh, attorneys should never 
get on camera all day they do, but they should never get on camera and lay out a whole case of why they want this officer to be not only fired, but they want him arrested and convicted of murder. And so they're laying out all this stuff and now it's completely false. Everything they said, as far as I can tell, I can tell they're hurt. I can tell they're, they're sad. I can tell their emotions got the best of them, but they are wrong uh, in many of these cases. So let me go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here uh, and bring it up. Uh, I got to take down my lower third to keep that from blocking. Hold on. I'm gonna look at these comments in a quick. I just want to run this first part. I want to get to this part first and then I'll look at some of your comments. I hope that's okay. All right. And I'm going to go ahead and make this uh, much bigger here. All right. So we're going to start with the attorneys and then there's going to be a spot where I'm going to stop it. And then we'll talk about what it is they said. And then we'll go forward with the incident, which again, I cut down a little bit uh, so that it could just we just for time, uh, but I can get to the main points. All right, here we go. Listen, listen to this first. The problem is that they've been given leeway to use lethal force for all too often and too long. And this is what we're left with. So we agree with the mayor saying that the officer that fired should be, I mean, the officer uh, that fired his weapon should be terminated and he should also be prosecuted. Chris just said to you, it's the empathy. Uh, this is all that all these families are asking for. And that, and that we're, we're asking, asking for, for as representatives of these families. families. Just a little bit. Um, if this officer today uh, had been a little more empathetic and um, a bit less scared, then we probably wouldn't have a dead client. Uh, we wouldn't be here talking to you like we are right now. The, the first failing that I saw when I saw this tape was training. Because, just as Chris said, if a taser isn't a deadly weapon, then it's not a deadly weapon when I have it. It's not a deadly weapon when an officer has it. It's not a deadly weapon when anyone else has it. When our client has the taser, they're going to say it's a deadly weapon. And it's not. There were two officers, one of him. And their training failed them. That's number one. Number two, leadership failed them. And I don't wanna see anyone lose their job, but maybe the police chief needed to resign because whatever they're doing from the top, it's not reaching the bottom. And if they are doing it correctly from the top and that's what they're trying to get across to their officers, then it's not working and it needs to change immediately because this can't happen again. Policing in this country, in this city needs to change to something more empathetic, something more community-based. Police are necessary, but the way that they are policing our communities is wrong, it's causing death, and we're not gonna stand for it anymore. Obviously, obviously you see that the people are not gonna stand for it anymore. Um, I think a lot of things and a lot of these minor changes are happening because people are scared, and they're scared for their things, they're scared for a building or a store, uh, they're scared for a restaurant. But the lives of these people, of our people, of Americans, of black people, of human beings, in my opinion, are more important than any store or restaurant that um, is in Buckhead or Bankhead or anywhere else. That's number two. And the third thing I'll say is fear. Listen. I don't know those two officers personally, right? 
But just from watching the tape, I could tell that they were scared. And it's understandable that is a, um, a hard profession, policing. But if you have fear, you don't need to be a police officer. Um, if you do not understand the community that you're policing in, you do not need to be a police officer. If you are not comfortable with black people, white people, brown, yellow, whatever people, you don't need to be a police officer. A police officer is as much of a counselor as they are anything else. And I believe that if we go back to the leadership and the training that I spoke of earlier, you'll see that these officers aren't taught that. They're taught to crack heads. And when they can't crack heads, they're taught to shoot. And that's resulting in death. And we can't have that anymore. And we won't have that anymore. They just told him he was under arrest. And now I see that they're reporting, oh, he was a suspected DUI or he was fell asleep blocking the line. He wasn't blocking the line. So this started from nothing. This wasn't a bank robbery in progress or anything violent. And they didn't even do a sobriety test from what the witnesses right there said. So why was he even under arrest? You wanna know how this could have been avoided and all of the protests that are gonna happen and all this, talk to him. Talk, hey buddy, you fell asleep in line, you okay? Why don't you pull your car over there and call an Uber? And then you walk over and you leave. Why is that so hard for police officers? A conversation, he wasn't doing anything crazy or violent or uh, harming anyone. Hey buddy, I think you've had something to drink, maybe, but I guess they didn't feel like doing a sobriety test. Pull over there, call an Uber. I guarantee you that happens hundreds of times a night in college towns with young white kids or other places in America. All right, so got a lot to get there. Sorry, I was busy writing stuff down. All right, so much out of that. Now, I have already said many on Twitter that, uh, uh, you know, there. Um, where is it? <laughs> right here. Uh, get to your point. Listen, this is the problem, and this is the thing, K Crime Beat. I don't know who you are, but you cannot just do what these guys did, right? These guys just jumped to conclusions and got to a point without laying foundation, without watching all the video, without doing all the work. You, you did not see me come on yesterday and go into great detail about something that I didn't know. This is the problem, this thing right here, this get to the point is that you, you go, well, I'm just gonna tell you that it was wrong. I'm gonna tell you all this stuff. There needs to be foundation. Now, if you don't want to listen to the foundation, then that is your problem. And that is why we are having the situations across the United States and in other countries is because people are jumping to conclusions and saying things without taking time to understanding all of the facts that need to be heard. So super important. And I'm so glad that you did that. Oh, there's always somebody that comes on and makes my point for me. And I'm so appreciative for that. All right. So. So all those words, the attorney, and this is the thing that you hear on CNN and MSNBC. And again, you can just log off right now if you don't want me to bring up this crap. But these are the words that get used that is fueling everything that you're seeing is going on in all these different states, right? They're not looking at the real issue. The real issue is crime. 
right? The real issue is uh, homelessness. The real issue is lack of education. The real issue is a lot of other things, not necessarily that, that they're, well, not for sure there's systemic uh, uh, racism in law enforcement. There is not, that is a myth, all right? Um, but it's all these other things that they're talking about training. They're trying to tell you that law enforcement officers are not trained across the board. We, we keep hearing it over and over again. I'm gonna prove through the video, that's why I, play, I played this first, that through the video that these officers are actually pretty well trained, right? And, and doing a really good job. Empathy, empathy is seen all over this video, uh, community-based. What was what's that? What where is these? These are talking points that somehow that these officers don't know the community that they're working in. That they came in there just guns a blazing and uh, went over there. And again, they used uh, for nothing. Where they said uh, they um, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't doing anything crazy. I'm going to show you where he did something crazy. Um, that they were fearful, right? They said, oh, they was they were so afraid that that's why they shot him. That is not seen on the video. Um, and. Um, Let's see. Uh, and, oh, and the biggest one, the biggest one, did you hear it? When he said all the protests that are going to happen, right? All the protests that are going to happen. He's, he's beginning to fuel that fire. Now, I don't know these attorneys and I can tell you that, that they appear to be upset, that they appear to have, um, um, you know, some uh, sadness in their hearts because I, I can see tears welling up and they're sad. But again, some of this is, is brought on. Right upon themselves because they're speaking before they know what's happening. Um, and so this next part of the video I'm going to play for you, it shows you from the very from as close to the very beginning as possible. You see that the, the officer arrived. I didn't show this part, but he, he checks to make sure that his camera is working. Uh, because that's important, right? You this officer is well enough aware his training, his policies. Uh, he knows what he has to do as a law enforcement officer. He has to make sure that his camera's on and everything's working. He actually puts his hand in front of the camera uh, to make sure that it's that it's operating. Uh, and then uh, he steps out of the vehicle and calmly walks over to the over to the vehicle. Remember, the attorney said it's for nothing that there was that he wasn't in the uh, um, uh, the drive-through and that uh, just they went randomly over there and contact him. This was a nine one one call from the Wendy's. Somebody within the Wendy's dialed nine one one and said. We have a guy that's in our uh, drive-up window for our drive-through. He's passed out. I'm not sure why they dialed 911. I'm not sure of all the details. They could have thought maybe he was dead. Who knows? Uh, that has happened. But a lot of times, drunks fall asleep in the in the drive-through. Happens all the time. All right, we, I've had it happen there in Anaheim. All right, so now let's just watch, and it's going to stop again. And I'm going to talk through this a little bit. Let's just watch a little bit of what happens when the officer first contacts um, Mr. Brooks. All right, here we go. Come on, man. Hey, come on, man. You good? You don't need a ambulance thing like that? Are you just tired? All right, man. Just, just I'll move my car. Just pull up. Just pull somewhere and take it out. All right. I want to deal with this dude right now. 
All right, I want to stop it there for just one second because I want to let you know what happens on the video. That was a very shortened uh, period of time. And again, only for the purposes of people like on that Twitter who said, get to the point. Um, if, it, if I ran it, it was about, about three minutes of trying to get him to wake up to enough to acknowledge who, you know, that he's being talked to by a police officer. About two to three minutes, somewhere in that neighborhood, knocking on the window, talking to him. Did you hear him being angry in his mouth? Did you hear any fear coming out of his mouth? Did you hear him use any bad language? Did you hear him? And again, the rest of the video sounds exactly the same. I'm not hiding anything. He didn't use the N word. He didn't, wasn't racist towards him. He didn't do anything. He just, he asked him, right? He asked him, do you need an ambulance? He asked him, are you okay? Um, and then you can hear that as he's, well, oh, first of all, he told him to pull out of there. Um, and then he, that cop actually walks away. The, 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 the secondary officer, the first officer you see is the secondary officer. I'll explain that in a second. So the officer actually tells him to move and then goes to his car and gets in his car, but he sees the car is not moving. So he actually gets out of his car again and goes back to the vehicle and tells him, Hey dude, <laughs> I thought you were going to pull your vehicle up to the, the parking stall. Uh, and the, the guy and the, uh, uh, the suspect again looks at him almost like he's seen him for the first time. This goes on for a while. I just wanted you to tell you that this isn't just knock on the door and he moves uh, based on what you saw in the video. Again, only for the purposes of time. He went there twice because he, he fell asleep a, a second time and then he had to tell him to move. All right. So I just want to make sure that that was clear. All right. Here we go. How much are you drinking tonight? Not much. How much is not much? Wow, drink, nice food today. All right, hey, do you have your license on you real quick? Yeah. All right. Just, just relax the car. What are you? Uh, you just, are you here for a visit or what's uh? I'm visiting. Where are you visiting? Uh, my mother's grave site. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. How, how long has she uh, passed for? It's, it's been probably about a year and a half now, but. Okay, I'm sorry to hear my that. My birthday just passed, and uh. My girlfriend's birthday just yeah. passed, but I, I went to visit her. And yeah. All right. We decided to eat Burger King tonight, and hey, this happened. Right, I hear you. I say, babe, what's going on? Right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk this officer here for a minute, and then uh, we'll be good to go, okay? Oh, no. No problem. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Stay in the car. Stay right there. Hey, what's going on? So, found him passed out in the sitting here. So he was in the drive. Yeah, he's, he's on, car's on. Took me like a few minutes to wake him up. Kept knocking, opened the door, like shook him. Woke up super groggy. Got you know, pretty good smell of alcoholic beverage coming out of the car. Eyes are watery and glassy. Snorted his words, wasn't sure where he was. And uh, tell him he had one drink, he said earlier. All right. There was a statement made by one of the attorneys that the police officers are only interested in cracking heads. And uh, it's, a, it's in another scene. That's why that is there. Uh, and I moved it because it was actually more appropriate in the later portion of the, of the video. I didn't change my graphic, but um, the attorney says that's all officers are interested. They, they respond and they just want to crack heads. So in that first few minutes, again, I cut it down so that it goes from, you know, two minutes from about five minutes to two minutes. Um, did you see any fear? in that officer or the second officer that arrived? Uh, no. Did you hear the officer uh, earlier before, when I interrupted the first time is that he kind of giggled and because what happened was is that um, Mr. Brooks actually drove up onto the curb onto the grass and he had to move his car back off of the grass because he had gone too far. 
If I have any criticism in regard to what the officer did initially is that at least in California, what we would not, if we smelt alcohol or felt that somebody may have been too drunk to drive, we probably would not have had to move the car and drive it anywhere. That's the only spot I found some criticism in what the officers did or this officer did. He looks like a young guy, maybe a, a rookie, and maybe had not thought that through that, you know, if you, if you believe somebody's drunk, um, and they, and you may arrest them for drunk driving, the last thing you want to do is tell them to drive, right? <laughs> but there is a chance, and I'm not, again, I haven't asked this officer, and I've not heard him on the stand that he said, well, you know, I could tell he was tired, but I wasn't sure that he was too drunk to drive. It wasn't until he drove up onto the curb, curb that I realized, oh man, now we, I, I can tell that he's a little bit drunk, right? So it, it depends on what, again, all of this has to do with what's going on in the officer's mind. That is the, the only negative. The, uh, the aspect of what the attorney said is that he's fearful, that he was angry, that he doesn't know the community, that um, he, uh, all he wanted to do is crack heads because that's in there too early on in the, in the, um, uh, in the press conference and that they were there for no reason. No, they were there because he was asleep. So, so far, everything the attorney has said is wrong, right? Everything that the attorney has said is wrong. None, none of those things that are taking place um, based on what he said all wrong. It's fueled some, um, some writing, uh, because they used weird, uh, words that has created, um, a, a narrative and that is it. They're creating a narrative. They're not telling you facts. Um, and so let's continue. So I go ahead and go back to the uh, video here. Um, and I moved it. Darn it. There we go. Here we go. The reason why we're here is because somebody called 911 because you were asleep behind the wheel while you're in the drive-thru, right? You recall that? I don't. I don't. You don't recall that? You don't recall just minutes ago where you were passed out behind the wheel in the drive-thru? Uh-uh. You don't recall that at all? Absolutely. Complete, just complete blur. I, I wasn't driving. Like I said, I, I just drank my uh, girlfriend. She probably was uh, sleeping, but... Like I said, I said, babe, I want free fries. So far as I'm aware, you're the only person that's been seen in this vehicle, right? Yeah, one person. Okay. So how did your car get from here to the, the drive through line? I, I never moved. So how did it get there? It, it never did get there. I, I told you I was in her car. Well, we've got a 911 call of people reporting a guy passed out behind the wheel in the line. This officer gets here and sees you. Everything's on camera. Sees you. See in the line here in the line in the well, line i was i wasn't in the line did i pull you over in the line i, I walked up you had to wake up man you didn't the, pull him right over. here no it was here i had to wake you up well look they went back to sleep and i had to wake you up again like i said i i'm i'm sorry if i y'all I, I just got something to eat i went to visit my mother's grave site I'm not causing any problems. Well, we got to make sure that you're safe to operate a vehicle. Now, do you know where you are? Yeah, absolutely. Where I'm as Forest Park, Old Dixie Highway. I'm cool. Like I said, I could, I could. So you, you think that you're in Forest Park right now? I'm on Old Dixie Highway, Clayton County. Right. No, you're not. Well, Forest Park, Georgia. No. Jonesboro, Georgia. No. And try again. I have to. I mean, like I said, I'm on Old Dixie Highway. Nope. I'm not on Old DC Highway. No, quite a ways away from it. Ah, this is a bridge is here. No, nope, no bridge. 
No, I'm saying Old Dixie Highway. You're not near Old Dixie Highway. I'm not. You're, you're on, not even in Clayton County. Where am I? You're in Atlanta. Yes. Old Dixie Highway. Old Dixie Highway is not in Atlanta. It's Forest Park, Georgia, right? Right. This isn't Forest Park. This is Atlanta. So here we go. So uh, do you see where we're going here and why it's important to know this information uh, before you begin spouting your mouth? I'm not, not sure. Uh, there was other words I was thinking about saying there in a press conference to tell people that he got stopped for nothing, that he's perfectly innocent, that he, there's no reason the cops should have even been talking to him, that they are fearful, that they are all these things that is clearly not the case. Now, as law enforcement, if I'm remembering correctly, our job, you know, I spent 21 years as a police officer. I could have been wrong for 21 years that my job was to enforce the laws of not only the state, but of the United States of America. Uh, and one of those things is in regard to drunk drivers and to the, for the safety of the people that are in our, that are in our uh, community, that this person who has clearly had no idea where he is. He has no idea where he is. He doesn't even know what, what county he's in. Do, do you not see? And so now what I've, I've, I'm hearing and I've heard politicians, I've heard um, uh, even some crackpots uh, in, um, that have not watched any of the video. And some of them, I think, are maybe even law enforcement or attorneys and say, oh, it's clearly they're violating this man's rights. They're there to investigate a 911 call, which turns out to be more than just a guy sleeping. He's happened to have been driving on the road, on the highway, amongst the community that we have as police officers been sworn to protect. And now there is this aspect that, shoot, this guy has been driving drunk. You know, we can, the options are, yes, the options are that you can take his keys, and I have done this. You take his keys and lock them in the trunk, shut the trunk, and say, you know, we'll call you a cab. You know, now it's call you an Uber or let us call somebody to come pick. Yeah, that is one of the options. I know that's one of the options and it, it can be done. But you have a guy in here. Um, let me let me talk to you about where these officers are. Right. The first one that showed up was not the primary officer. Um, you have beats and you have sectors and you have specific duties that you are assigned as a law enforcement officer. I am not sure what the second officer uh, job is. It could be that his responsibility responsibility is DUIs, or he's an officer who loves working DUIs because we have those officers too at Anaheim who they're, uh, they just loved arresting people for drunk, uh, drunk driving. That was what they did. It didn't matter how close you were to the numbers. Everybody went to jail, which is fine. Mothers Against Drug, Drunk Drivers loves the fact that you take any drunk driver off the road, any, right? for the safety of the community. That is just the way some officers operate. Officers like me, I was a canine handler. It was hard for me to get involved in a drunk driver. So if I had a DUI guy available, I'd call them, they would take over for me. But as a canine, I wanna be more responsible for going out and, and in progress calls like robberies and homicides, carjackings, that kind of stuff. So me getting tied up on a drunk driver for four hours with a breathalyzer and then the blood and getting him in the jail and filling out all the documentation really takes me out of service for a very long time. So I had more leeway and they would not look at me and say, well, how can we keep calling cabs for these drunk drivers? It's because my job was different. If you're a DUI or your duties are, um, um, and your desire is to do you, you're going to, you're going to arrest far more people. This is a discretion. I hope you guys understand this. And so the, the primary, the officer that showed up first is not the primary officer. He was probably just closer got there first, 
The other officer was the one who's going to make all the decisions. Do you understand that? And so I just want to make sure that that's very clear. So this this officer comes in, uh, his job because he has a he has a breathalyzer. You know, at Anaheim at the time, if you had a breathalyzer, that meant you were either a DUI cop or um, you uh, were especially interested in uh, uh, drunk uh, drunk drivers. So that's important. I just want you to know that's important because this has to do with the mindset of the officer, right? Because you hear people say, "Well, they just couldn't let them go." You mean if they're black, we just now let them go? I guess we could, right? But that's not how our world works. You commit a crime. As a law enforcement officer, our job is to arrest people who commit a crime. I'm not sure where that became a bad thing. So suddenly now we're bad because we uh, we make a decision to arrest somebody because they committed a crime. Sure, he's nice. Sure, they were talking to him. Sure, they were having a cordial conversation, but that's not what the attorney said. The attorneys, the fam for the family, said that no, these officers were bad officers. They were only interested in shooting him. They were only interested in, in cracking his head. They have no training. They have no empathy. They they didn't care who he was. They were treating him like a human being, right? They asked him, "Where are you?" They are going, "Dude, how drunk are you? You don't know where you are in the county. You don't know where you are in Atlanta. You don't know where you are in in uh, you know in 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 the world, <laughs> right?" So do you see where you can use these words as an attorney or as a person that has an agenda to make it sound like these officers are untrained and uncaring? They, they weren't uncaring. They weren't. You know, when you arrest somebody, it's almost just as important for their safety as it is for the safety of others. And, I, and I, I've, I've known that for years that sometimes, you know, dude, you're just so drunk. It's, it's, and we had something called drunk in public. One of the, one of the, the statute, um, one of the, the purpose of addressing, arresting somebody for drunk in public is for their safety and the safety of others. Arresting somebody that's drunk, so drunk that they do not know where they're at. That he told a story that he was not the one in the drive-thru, right? He just left the drive-thru, right? He's so drunk that he did not know that he was in the drive-thru, that he thought his girlfriend was driving. His girlfriend wasn't anywhere to be found. So do you see how important all that information is. I want you to understand what the mindset is as an officer when you're on scene, not what you're hearing on the television, not what you are being told by your friends and family, not from the posts that you're seeing on Facebook. The officer, both officers went there, understanding, 911 call, guy fast, uh, fell asleep, and this is what you got. Why am I spending so much time on this? Why is somebody I'm sure going to be messaging? Why are you taking so long? Get to your point. Because that's really important to make sure that you understand that. And then you can explain it to others who are going to call you racist because you think that the shooting was justified. I'm going to show you that it was justified. But if you begin to say that, right, you're going to get attacked. And so if I give you enough information, then it may be helpful. Sometimes you're not going to be able to change somebody's mind. All right. So let's move on. I'm going to go on to the next thing. Really, really important. All right. So they get there. The first officer thinks, well, maybe he was just sleepy. Move your car. He moves his car. He runs up onto the curb, comes back down. Go, oh, he's drunker than I thought. As you're talking to him, now you're, you're developing more information that, man, this guy's really drunk. He has no idea where he's at. He talked about my mom just passed away. Well, when she passed away a year and a half ago. Wait a minute. You just said she just passed away. You just said, uh, were you driving in the drive through No, it was my girlfriend. Your, your girlfriend's no, your girlfriend's not here. Right. So do you see where we're going with this? All right. So that's not all. That is not all. So that's important. All right. I just, I'm, I'm hoping that this is okay. I'm not looking at the comments. I want to, but I want to get through this and I'll look at the comments later. All right. Um, and so these transitions are a little long because I wanted to have enough break to make sure that I didn't get walked on. So uh, I know that sometimes it seems like I didn't push the button, but I did. So here we go. We're going to play this out and then we're going to have another scene. Attorney uh, claims sobriety test was not done or not given. 
hopefully we'll get some change and this will be the last time we have to have a press conference about a dead black man killed by the police for no reason. Thank you. Um, another thing, you know, that some of the witnesses said is they didn't do a sobriety test. There, there was no count to 100 or whatever it is and walk this line. They said that they were just talking and it seemed to be a decent conversation. And then all of a sudden, one of the officers grabbed him and told him he's under arrest. Tell me, I wasn't here, so can you tell me what, uh, what happened before we got here? Yes or no? It's completely up to you. Yes, I will. Okay, just wait here while I grab. That's all. I know, man. I just you, you scared me a little bit because you were sleeping in there, so that's you know why I was making sure you're okay. You know, and then that's. I know, I know. You just doing your job. All right, just take a deep breath in. Put your mouth over the mouthpiece. Go as hard as you can until I tell you to stop. Blah 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 blah. Stop. Very good. I just uh, had a, a few drinks. That's it. How many? One and a half. Like I said, I was into the second cup. I wasn't even. I told her, babe, let's go because I'm hungry. I what need what kind eat. of drinks did you have? Uh, I'm not sure. It's something she ordered. She said top shelf or whatever. Top shelf what? I'm not sure. It was, like I said, it was her birthday and it was my daughter's birthday intent to, you know, have a good time. And I said, babe, you know, I'm hungry. Let's go. I think you've had too much to drink to be dry. So, there was no sobriety test given? Really? That's what you're telling the United States of America? That's what you're telling the world? That's what you're getting on and holding a press conference and you're saying there, was, there were a lot of witnesses with cameras. There was, and again, this was a longer press conference. I cut his down too. He said it multiple times. He made sure that he made a point that there was no sobriety test given, that they contacted him for no reason and they shot him in cold blood. Did you see the sobriety test? Did you see the breathalyzer that was given? Given These officers are untrained, you said? These officers didn't care, you said? These officers didn't treated them like crap and they just wanted to crack his head, you said? Did you see any of that? You said they were fearful. They said they were, you said they were afraid. None of that was happening in this video. Are you crazy? I mean, you, you get on there and you get on a press conference and you, you demonize these police officers, these young kids who are out there protecting the, the, the citizens of Atlanta. The chief quits, right? And, they, and they, they fire them and they hang them out to dry and you, they want you to prosecute these guys for homicide, for murder. And you say your basis is because they were afraid, because they wanted to crack heads, that they're untrained and they didn't give a sobriety test. In, in fact, they did. Right. In fact, they did. I have five different videos from body cams. I have the entire body cam from that primary officer, the entire hour and whatever it is. It's a long one. I have the entire thing. There is nothing in that body cam that supports anything 
that you, Mr. Attorney, and I don't even know his name. I should it said at the beginning, whatever his name is, is, is true. None of it is true. None of it of what you said. And it's so important that I make that point. It's so important that I show you how as passionate as you are about your community and your feelings. And I, and there, and you know, I, again, I acknowledge there's bad cops. I acknowledge that George Floyd was shot or was um, killed. So sorry, was murdered. I, 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 I cannot tell you how sad I am. I'm not I, that that officer did that, that he had 18 previous violations of, um, of abuse under color of authority uh, that, but that's not this guy. See, this is the problem, is that you begin to de demonize all law enforcement, that you, you have officers retiring and quitting daily. Nine more officers left Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't blame them. I've told you before. Uh, I just want to tell Heather Heavens that I did send you a, uh, a link uh, if you want to join. Uh, um, uh, they are behind yours. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I want to kind of, I, I see your, I just saw your comment. I want to stick to this case and not go into George Floyd. Um, if you have any information about this, I would love to have you on, uh, Heather. Um, but uh, I just want to make sure we stick to one thing. All right. So do you see where we're at now? So this is, now we're going to lead up. Now I got to tell you this next video, uh, set of videos, uh, there's, I, I, I have one, uh, I play it twice. And so you're going to see uh, this gentleman get shot and killed. All right, so I want you to know that, that it's graphic. If you haven't seen it yet or you have not taken the time to see it, I just want you to know. Uh, I see people putting up laughing like they're laughing. I'm not sure they're laughing at the absurdity of the attorneys or laughing in an odd way. Hopefully it's just, uh, you know, you can laugh at the absurdity sometimes, but it makes me angry. And so I kind of, I'm not sure why I see, uh, oh, okay, I see who, who did them. Um, uh, who knows who that person is? Um, but the, it really, this isn't a laughing matter for anybody. It's not a laughing matter for the the the, the daughter who lost a dad because um, he became violent when he didn't have to, right? It's not it's not funny for her. It's not funny for the family. It's not funny for the guy who got shot. Who knows why he's going to do what we're about ready to see? All right. So this is the basis. This is where now as a police officer, and I want to lay out that foundation. I, I laid out the foundation of why I think that I can speak on this is because of what I do. And I've investigated very similar things um, and, and have come to conclusions against law enforcement. And in this case, I'm telling you, I they're going to end up having to give these guys their job back. But I would sue if I were these officers um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. This is wrong. What is what is what has happened? Because they had a basis for be there. Nine one one call. They had a basis for contacting them. They weren't fearful. They weren't angry. They didn't treat him like crap. They didn't. They didn't want to crack his head. They were actually being very polite and very nice and asking him questions and really trying to help both him and the citizens of the community at the same time. Regardless of what you think, I really don't care <laughs> because I'm telling you that I know for a fact that up to this point, for sure, they've done everything in their power to do be good law enforcement officers. They're well-trained, well thought out and did a beautiful job, masterful job at handling this case so far. All right. Like I said, there's one little thing where I may not have had them driven to the parking spot. That's the only thing that I would maybe have changed. All right. I'm just being honest with you. All right. So let's continue. And I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be graphic. So I just wanted you to be aware. Here we go. Put chance on your back, boy. Yeah, put chance on your back. Hey, hey, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. You're going to get tased. You're going to get tased. Stop. Mr. Wrong. Stop. Come on, man. Stop. You're going to get tased. Mr. Wrong. Hey, 
I jumped ahead just there a little bit the, the shooting. I actually forgot that I edited uh, a little bit because I wanted to stop here and I wanted to tell you why I split the screen like that. I wanted you to see what it was like from the officer's perspective with the camera on his body and then the view from the dash cam from the patrol car. Why was that important? It's important because I want you to I want you to see from a camera point of view, as uh, many people see things, it is different. It is different to see three men wrestling and fighting and you, you, you can look at it like, well, they're fighting. Right. That, you know, it looked like for a second the officers had the upper hand, but then the suspect got the upper hand. Right. There's other angles, too, that make it it's more clear that the, it's amazing that a, a man can overpower two police officers. But I want you to understand, um, I was 175 pounds most of the time as a police officer, 180, 175 pounds. But I weighed 225 to 230 pounds. Why? Because I had a lot of gear on. Right. We have our vest. We have a plate, a metal plate that's in our vest. We have our guns. We have more than one gun, usually two to three guns that are on our body. We have a knife. We have a taser. We have a nightstick. We have our radios. We have cameras. We have uh, all kinds of stuff. Right. But in the end, we weigh about 40 pounds, 50 pounds heavier than the average person. Most people are dressed for fun. Right. Most of the time they're uh, there. They can fight much easier because they're dressed for fun. And so there is where an, uh, the bad guy has a, 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 as an advantage. Uh, and so sometimes we can lose, even though we're taught all kinds of restraints and that kind of stuff. The reason I want to show you the two angles is because from the look at it again, you know what I might do is go back. If you let me know if you want me to play back again, because I really want you to see from the camera of the officer how much more violent it is. I have been in fights with suspects trying to arrest them. I've told you those stories of how I broke a guy's arm in the middle of a fight and used that broken arm and the bone came out through the skin and he was still fighting. It is different when you're fighting. You have a different perspective. You're close, you're in, and you're trying to punch yourself uh, you know, it, to success and win, but you're sometimes losing. If, if your taser is taken away from you and your tools are being taken and now they can be used against you, now a little bit of fear sets in. Now a little bit of fear. Do you remember me talking about um, I'll play it again. Um, do you, you um, no, I'm not a lawyer, um, and, uh, but I play one in, uh, in I'm, I've testified more than any attorney. I'm pretty sure than any attorney on the planet. I've been in more courtrooms than I think most attorneys uh, will ever see in their lifetime. Um, and for a period of time, I was in, I was in a, in a courtroom, federal or state courtroom, uh, probably two to three times a week for a period of time there for a couple of years. So I have more courtroom experience than most attorneys. Uh, and then if you add my divorce, uh, a hell of a lot more. So um, you have um, this uh, this combat that's going on and you are trying to win. Um, you got sweat, you got anger, you got all these kinds of stuff. And now he's got one of your weapons. The bad guy gets one. Of one of the things you don't want to lose is one of your weapons. I don't care which one it is. A knife, a gun, a taser, a stick. All of them can be used against you. Because we're gonna we're gonna get to an area where this becomes important to know again. But I just want you to know that in this moment it is stressful, um, a little bit of fear. You want to stay alive, but adrenaline kicks in, and you also get what's called tunnel vision. Right? You heard all about it, where you become focused, solely focused. The surroundings become kind of blurred, and you're focused on just like what the hell is going on right now. We were just gonna arrest this guy for drunk driving. Right? That you saw the calmness. All right, you know we're gonna go ahead and take you in. 
right? The second part of this is that when a suspect fights that hard, what else is going on, right? Why is he so intent on not going to jail? Why is he now committing a felony, assault and battery on a police officer, taking a weapon and then using it against him? That is a felony. I don't care, again, what the people tell you on TV, right? They're, all they're telling you is it's a misdemeanor. This is just a misdemeanor. They just said to let him stay there. They should have just let him go to sleep. I don't know what they were thinking. This became a felony the moment he fought with the officers and stole their weapon. A felony. And now we're supposed to go, okay, forget it. Take our taser. Um, we'll come visit you at home a little bit later on. No, why? We still don't know. Why was he fighting so hard not to go to jail? You're going to hear people say, well, he was afraid because he was afraid what happened to George Floyd. No. That was not that was not what was going on here. He never said anything like that. There was no conversation. They, the officers were calm. The officers said, okay, listen, we're going to take you into custody for being under the influence. And they got into position to arrest him. And he fought like his life depended on it. And there's other things that are going on. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something else going on. The reason he did not want to go to jail. I'm just not sure what that is. Uh, I got a request to go back and, and, and play that back just a little bit. And I'll be more than happy to do that. Let me just take it back to where it split screens right here. All right, so let me play that again. I want you to see the difference, right? When we're looking at a, a camera from a dash cam or from a pole, from a uh, you know from the security camera for the company uh, that owns the property, it looks different than what the officer's perspective is. So look at this this time. I'll, I'm gonna play it one more time. <clears throat> I know this is taking a long time and I hope it's okay, but there's, again, I, like I was telling the guy from Twitter, you can't just come on and just get to the point. You can't. There's no way of doing this without describing and talking about everything. All right, here we go. <clears throat> hey, hey, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. You're going to get tased. You're going to get tased. Stop. 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 You're going to get tased. It's the wrong. That's not the There we go. Sorry about that. Clicked on the wrong button. All right. So here we come. We're going to come to this thing. I already see somebody saying that deathly, uh, deadly force was not necessary. Okay. Um, I, I, I disagree. And we're going we're to talk about why. All right. So here we go. We have a perfectly calm scenario. 911. Man sleeping. As you question him, it becomes more clear that he's, he's, he's terribly drunk. You can make a decision. You could. Uh, to let him go, but is he so intoxicated that he's in, that he's a danger to himself and danger to others? That's what drunk in public is. We use it all the time. It is a misdemeanor offense, but we use it all the time. We would take drunks out of uh, bars all the time for being too drunk. In other words, what 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 do you do when you leave somebody on their own um, that's that drunk? When you leave them on their own, what could happen? All kinds of stuff could happen, right? Because people kind of get unruly when they're drunk. People make bad decisions. Hence the fight when the handcuff, the one handcuff was getting ready to go on, right? We saw that. That is the point of having a drunken public and a DUI uh, um, a crime, right? It's because people make bad decisions and do bad things. Just make, make sure my mic wasn't right, right? It, it's a, it's a, one of those things that you need to understand. And I know that this gets lost in all the BS that's going on in the media, that this is what happened 
right? Why was he fighting so strongly? I believe that there's something else that we're going to find out later of why. Uh, and it's not because of what happened to George Floyd. It is not. I'm going to tell you that that is, and I can feel pretty strongly about it. I just want you to let you know. All right. So here we go. Um, yeah. So we have another one. So, yeah. So this is, I understand. Um, Okay, so that, again, we have people who are going to say it's unnecessary, uh, irrelevant why he fought. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it is irre irrelevant, but I mean, again, we're going to find out that there's um, more to it than just that. Um, uh, the point is, dude, <laughs> what is the point? I guess there's no point. You don't have to watch. You don't have to be here. Uh, some people think that there is a point to understand what you're being told in the media is not true. Um, and so you're being told something completely. So that's my point. Again, you don't, what, what's your point for watching if you don't want to watch? Uh, that, that I don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me. All right, you're watching something that you could care less. Brooks resisted arrest, assaulted the cops, and but daily force is not necessary. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. Um, all right, let's go to the second part. And this is where you are going to see uh, some some graphic stuff. All right. I think he's All right, so there you go. You have all the things I set up for the first part. You have this fight, this guy who fought so hard that he was able to overcome the two officers, take their weapon and um, run away. As he's running away, the officer's giving chase. He's only, the officer's only about 10 feet behind him. I'm not sure where these people are getting 30 feet or whatever it is. It, he's only about 10 feet behind. You can tell because when they get to the car, you can tell by the distance measured by the back of the patrol car or the, uh, the parked car <clears throat> that is in the parking lot. I want to also, and so it, it's really important to get back to that fight. Did you see the violence of the fight? Again, that's why I did the split screen because only those people that have been in a violent fight where you did not want to die and you wanted to go home to your children and you're a police officer working and say, listen, I just came to handle this call and was going to take this guy to jail. Now suddenly two cops are fighting for their lives against somebody who takes one of the weapons and now they're in pursuit. Again, the 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 discussion that I hear on the news, well, they should have just let him go at that point. <laughs> no, no, we are Law enforcement, police officers, this guy who's proven to be more than just drunk. He's been proven to be violent, right? A violent drunk. What person fights with cops armed with weapons? Who says that that person's not a danger? Who has that? Who has that concept? When did this become a thing that somebody who suddenly fights for with cops over something that would just be simply a misdemeanor, right? The, does that not, where did it, what happened? Now we're supposed to let people go because they fight with the cops. Anytime somebody fights with a cop, now we let them go. Is that what you're saying? Because it's not violent to fight with a cop. What you're saying is what everybody's trying to tell you is that it's okay to disrespect law enforcement. It's okay to shoot at law enforcement. It's okay to disrespect them in the sense that you don't go along with their commands, that you spit on them that you um, d defy um, the, um, the uh, command to put your hands behind your back, 
that that no longer is acceptable and that we cannot do that. That is why that you're having so many people say that it's okay that he fought with the cops and that any force after that was unnecessary. I'm, I'm here to tell you that it is necessary to take him into custody because he's proven to be violent. And you have now, he has a, a weapon. A taser on its own is not deadly, all right? I hear people saying that, I agree. A taser on its own is not deadly, but what is a taser used for? What is the taser used for? It is, it is used to disable somebody so you can take them. It is used to disable somebody so you can take them. Earlier in this broadcast, how many, how many weapons did I tell you that a police officer carries on them? Most police officers, not all, but most police officers, probably about four, all right? We usually have two guns, a knife, and some type of, type of striking object of some sort, um, some type of, uh, you know, uh, uh, retractable um, baton of some sort. They may not. One of those they may not have, but I'm telling you, four. and then they also have some other tools quite often, all right? When you disable a police officer, those weapons become available as deadly weapons. We've been trained, trained, well-trained in the academy that you never want to go down. If you go down, your weapons will be used against you. The most important thing when you go down is to guard your weapons, hold on your weapons, and do not allow the suspect to get a hold of any of them because you are carrying the tool chest of weapons, right? Anybody could use that gun. There's no secret code you have to put in to get that weapon to operate. There's no secret code to get the knife to open up so it can be used against you and get stabbed in the neck and the chest. There's nothing that's going to stop a suspect once they disable you to get those weapons and use them against you. What is it that people are missing? We know this. We've been taught this in the entire, we are well trained to know you do not allow somebody to have a weapon, a disabling weapon like a taser, because once you're disabled, they can take the weapons from you. But he was running away. Nobody turned, right? He turned to shoot the officer with the taser. The taser already got used. No, that taser didn't get used. The taser that the other officer had was used. That taser actually hit the officer. It hit him in the side on one of the one on his leg. He couldn't remember if it was on his arm or his leg because why? Because adrenaline's flowing, because he was focused on the suspect. And when he got hit with the with the um, the dart from the taser, he, he wasn't aware of where it happened. I'm going to show you one other additional thing. As law enforcement officers, we get trained to respond to things that we see. And sometimes we see flash, right? We see a flash. We see somebody turn with a, what looks like a gun, which is a taser shaped like a gun. And you see a flash, right? And when you see that flash, your brain tells you you are under attack. You are under attack. I don't care. You could call it a taser all day long. What the officer's perception in his brain when he sees the muzzle flash of the taser is that he's under attack. When you're under attack as law enforcement, it's not our duty to lay down and say, oh, I give, come and take me um, and, and just turn into mush. No, our, that is not our job to give up. And those of you saying, well, it was unnecessary. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You should not be a police officer because you will die. You will die. You won't last a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks as a law enforcement officer because your perspective of the world is completely different. You will not um, protect yourself. You are not protect children. You are not protect the weak and the uh, the people that are in harm's way because you you are going to get you're going to get yourself killed because you don't make a decision when you are under attack. He was under attack. He just fought them. He took one of their weapons. He fled and then he turned to use one of those weapons against them. That's what he did. The suspect chose that, not the officers. 
the, the officers did not shoot until he showed that he was a threat with that weapon that he stole. They did not shoot first. The suspect shoot first. I'm going to show you another video that is going to um, uh, just freeze frame what the officer saw. Remember earlier, and again, this is important that I showed you this, the difference of what it's like from the officer's perspective when he's in a fight, right? Look completely different than what you saw from the dash cam, right? Completely different. Hectic chaos. You hear lots of noise. You're hearing gruffling and, and, and cement and asphalt as it's hitting your elbows and your, your, your elbows are hitting the asphalt and your head is and the tools on your belt. A lot of noise, right? From the camera, from the dash cam, it's like two guys just wrestling, right? And so you want to also now, if I could, and I didn't have the uh, video for this, this particular part, but this muzzle flash that comes off of the taser at night, I just want you to think what that might look like to you. If you're giving chase to somebody that just fought you and your partner, took your weapon and now is on the run. I want you to just think what that would look like. I froze it to show you what it looks like. Here we go. Oh, I'm out of breath. <laughs> okay, here we go. I my mic. Do you see that? I, I just froze it. it. It may be hard to see. I'm not sure if you can see it. Oops. Hold on. What happened? Something happened. Hold on. Let me take that back. This is a step. Oh, man. Sorry. I messed up. My bad. Okay, that's the first one. So sorry. I clicked uh, in a place that I shouldn't have clicked. Here we go. Okay, I want you to see that. Why, why is that not showing up on the screen? Hmm. I'm not frozen. Here, you know what? I'm going to refresh. Sorry about that. It happens from time to time. Oh, I see what happened. The whole thing just crashed. I'm going to refresh. Give me one second. I'll recover. Is this the most important part? All right. I'm going to bring it back up again. <clears throat> oh, shoot. Hold on. I got to take it back down. My bad. I want to make sure that the audio. Oops. Sorry about that. Technology happens once in a while. I'll find the spot. The okay, here we go. This should work this time. There we go. What the heck? Why doesn't it want to show up there? That is so odd. <laughs> All right. This is the, like the most important part of this uh, video. I'm going to try this one more time. This has to work. Sorry, guys. The technology is not my friend at this very second. What the heck happens? 
I am so sorry. I have no idea why. Oh, it actually was. Yeah, maybe it's just not clear enough. There is a muzzle flash that is about six inches long that comes off of that um, taser. All right, so it comes off of that taser. And I'm so sorry uh, as to, I'm not sure why that is not showing up like it should. But there is a muzzle flash that comes out. It's about this long. And again, and this is coming from a camera. Getting this case, the details are just getting Hold more on. horrific. Because there were multiple. Hold on. Wow, my technical. Okay, so you can see it. All right, so you saw. So, okay, thank you. Yeah. So it's about a six inch muzzle flash. Again, this is from a camera you're seeing that's on a post of a light, uh, you know, a light post. And so if it's that long from that distance, can you imagine if you're the police officer when he's running and turns and points that at your face, 10 feet away, 15 feet, I don't care. I don't care that that muzzle flash at that moment is a muzzle flash. We've been trained at this type of thing. We are put through scenarios. We have video training. We have actual training at night with darkness, with flashlights, with flash grenades and, and, and um, police dogs biting people and all kinds of stuff going on. When you're giving chase with a guy that just shot you or just uh, fought with you uh, and fought both you and your partner off, grabbed one of your weapons and took off running and then turns and points that and that muzzle flash comes out. I'm telling you, there's no amount of training. There is no amount of uh, bravery. There is no amount of, of, um, of anything. There's not a thing I can think of that will keep a police officer from firing rounds to, to, to neutralize the threat. You're neutralizing the threat. It's not only for your safety. Yes, and probably primarily and probably more so than anything else. But it's for the safety of what if this guy gets away? Again, if you're the community, you should be looking at this and say, God, thank God we have officers that are willing to put themselves. He was giving chase of a guy that just kicked his ass, that just took his weapon, and he wasn't giving up. He was going after him. And now that same guy is now using that weapon against him. Of course, that weapon itself is not lethal. But the next thing that would come after he took you out with that weapon would be lethal. And then what if he got away? You, the people are – all, all the people – you're just nuts and crazy. This is not why we have law enforcement to let people like that go. I, I don't care what you say. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your experience is. Uh, I know that you're, if you're saying that you've never been in a life and death fight with somebody, and then you have a duty, a responsibility to continue that fight and not lose and take that guy into custody. All this other stuff you're hearing is BS. Everything. I don't know what to tell you. If I get called to look at this case, if I get called as an expert witness, which there, there, there could be a chance that I'd be called, um, that I'm going to say the same thing. And I, I can't imagine they're going to show me something that will say, well, you know, he was going to be an altar or he was an altar boy. Um, he was... Um, you know, going to do all these other things. And, you know, he worked for the church. That doesn't change anything, right? It changes nothing. It was that they, it was a normal stop, a, a normal contact that they did perfectly well. They were gentlemen. They were nice. They said, listen, based on what you said, that you have no idea where you're at, based on that you th you're telling us that you think your girlfriend brought you here and dropped you off, 
in the drive-thru and just left you in the drive-thru. But then again, you don't remember that. You think that you were here in the parking lot and you were never in the drive-thru. All that stuff doesn't matter to any of you. None of that matters to you. That we should have just let that guy go. If you remember that the law says, at least in California, I'm sure they have something very similar in Atlanta, that it's to protect you, drunk person, from yourself, from your own drunkenness. Not only the citizens of the community, it's our duty. Right? We swore an oath to protect the United States of America in the state, in the city that we work for. And you're telling us now that, no, forget all that. This guy on this night, because of some other crap that's happening in another state, and because of uh, Chaz, and because of the President Trump, it's his fault, that you should have let this guy go. This one guy. Because what you're looking at is the end result. Is what you're looking at. You're not looking at the facts of the case of what we see. And you're making up a bunch of crap that doesn't matter and is not true. All right, got more. I've got more. All right, so we have the attorney who continues. He doesn't stop there, right? He doesn't stop there. But he, got, he goes on to say that the cops didn't render aid and that they put gloves on to hide the evidence. All right, listen to this. Listen to this BS. Hold on one sec. I, I'm lost my video again. Wow. What's happening with my tech? Uh, this is all my fault this time. Uh, I had too many windows open. All right, here we go. And as we are just getting this case, the details are just getting more horrific because there were multiple witnesses out there. We talked to some witnesses today who said that the officers went and put on plastic gloves and picked up their shell casings after they killed him before rendering aid. We counted two minutes and 16 seconds before they even checked his pulse. And people wonder why everyone's mad. Just watch the video as he lays there dying. The officers stand around, one kicks him and flips him over. And then the witnesses tell us that which we can't see on camera, but they filmed it. They went and picked up the shell casings. I wonder why, so that all of you can't know how far away he was when they shot? So that you can't find their positions when they use that weapon? But they appear to be caring more about covering their tracks than providing aid. Aid that could have saved his life if allegedly he was taken to the hospital and died in surgery, but they didn't give that to him. <laughs> Do you see that red circle? Those are the gloves. Why does he have gloves? Because he's rendering aid. You see, there's three officers giving him CPR. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks. Bros, 
This is not mine. This is his. Say, tell him CPR is in progress. CPR. The officers are giving him CPR. They're trying to save his life. For his attorney to sit there and say that they were more concerned about covering up the crime than giving him first aid is, again, proven wrong by the video. I have somebody tell me that I'm an idiot. That's perfectly fine. And I love that comment, by the way. Those are my favorite. Uh, I, I rather have those sometimes than people agree uh, that I'm part of the problem. Um, okay, that's fine. I, 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 I may be. I don't know. I've only been doing this for about 35 years and uh, have probably gone against more officers than I've I uh, then you'll even know and I don't even really care if you ever find out uh, not my not my thing but I, I love this but see do you see what the issue is is that there oh so many people are so unwilling to look at what facts are in front of them right you can never give people facts that are uh, dim-witted <laughs> <laughs> There's other words I was going to use. When you give a dimwit facts, they only go to you're an idiot, right? They're, they don't say, well, it's because of this. They don't say because, well, you know that you know this. And then when you give them facts, like, you know, only nine black and only is not being used in the way that I'm I, that you that you are saying that I'm using it. What their claim is that at daily is what I've heard daily black men and women are shot and killed by law enforcement on a daily basis. That obviously is not true for most people that have intelligence and know uh, that there's facts out there and studies and research that says nine um, were killed last year that were unarmed, but that does not mean that they weren't violent, right? He will go down, Mr. Brooks will go down as an unarmed suspect who was shot by law enforcement. And it'll go down that he was an innocent man that had no breathalyzer, had no um, sobriety test, that didn't fight, he just, he got shot for no reason. That's where it'll go down. And that is why, who, whoever was it that wrote, why are you doing this? It's because somebody needs to do it. It, it may not go anywhere. Nobody will ever bring it up. It'll, it'll, it'll never find its way anywhere else. But it really, somebody does need to stand up and say, listen, law, and again, I've said this several times and it's probably not a good thing, but police work is not pretty sometimes. That it doesn't always work out as to where, you know, it's always an armed suspect that gets shot. Sometimes it's a suspect that is violent, right? And I talked about that earlier, You or yesterday, as a matter of fact, that, that they said, well, they, they should have used a taser against a taser. Well, that's not how law enforcement works either. Whatever the weapon is, law enforcement goes up one notch, right? If somebody brings a rock to a gunfight, that is not my fault. If they're going to bring a rock to me, a, a, like a stone, and they're going to try to clock me over the head with it, I will shoot them. I won't go, wait, hold on. I got to find a rock. What size is your rock? It's a five pounder. Okay, I got to find a five pounder. And now, now we are equal. No, law enforcement always wins. Always wins. I know that sounds bad and you could not like it if you want, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Law enforcement is always supposed to win when it's right. Not in the case of George Floyd. When it is right. In this case, they were right. No matter, I don't care what it is you say. Bad things may happen to these officers, and I warned them, right? Didn't you not hear me warn them in the last couple uh, uh, lives that I did? I mean, I'm just keeping that up there because I enjoy it. Um, that you're putting yourself in danger right now as a law enforcement officer, that you get into a tough a tussle and you have to use force, you're probably going to get fired. 
uh, and um, you're probably going to get arrested and you're going to get charged doing your job, doing your duty because it is a crazy world and it is really strange that um, we've been put in this position. And then all of you that are still working have been put in this position. I, I don't blame uh, the officers that are retiring and, and, and turning in the resignation in Minneapolis. I think it was nine today who did that. I'm not shocked. I, I think it was something, what did I say the other day? I forgot the numbers, 200, 600, whatever, whatever it is in New York who have resigned. I had my notes somewhere. Gosh darn, I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, LA, they're retiring. A lot, uh, San Angeles County Sheriff, they're retiring and resigning. Uh, you are, uh, unfortunately, uh, the community, uh, I'm telling you, you are um, you are in a little bit of a mess right now because uh, um, we are going to be shorthanded and nobody's going to be a police officer for a period of time. I'm not sure how they're going to work this all out because what these officers did was not wrong. What these officers did was they handled a call, as far as I can tell, within policy, within city law and state law, in the, the, the laws of the United States of America. He became violent. They do not have a duty to let him go once he becomes violent. They have a duty to arrest him and to safeguard the community from somebody who's shown that not only is he drunk, but he is a danger to society. He is armed with a weapon, although may not be deadly on its own can be used to take advantage of somebody. And then uh, that person could be uh, killed. A police officer could be killed. A, a citizen could be killed. Uh, we don't know. He is so drunk that he didn't know where he was. He was so drunk that he thought his girlfriend brought him there. He was so drunk that he did not know that he was in the drive-thru. At least that's what he claimed. That's all we have to go by. He's either a liar or he's so drunk that he didn't know what he was doing. And then he chose, he chose Right? You didn't see the officers give him a noogie before they, they put the they started to put the cuffs on him. You didn't see them give him a, an elbow to the back of the head. You saw them say, sir, you are under arrest for being un the, under the influence and for drunk driving. And the fight was on. That is not how this was supposed to turn out. He should have gotten, he should have allowed the handcuffs to be put on, put in the car and taken to jail. It was a misdemeanor. And now he's dead because of his choices, not because of the choices of law enforcement, because of his choices. Um, why is it necessary for me to do this? Because I don't know who else will. I, I don't I don't know who else will. He was parked and sleeping. See, you see people that ignore the facts, right? I just spent, how long is it? An hour and 20, an hour and 22 minutes, really? <laughs> I spent an hour and 22 minutes showing you that is not the case. And then you have a dumbass comment like that. But he was parked and sleeping. That is, again, you're listening to the attorneys. No matter how much facts I could put out there and tell you that is not the case. That is not what happened. That you have that. And that that is why I do this. Because um, there may be somebody that did not know that that is not true. Um, and it could have went so differently. Um, it could have gone so differently. He made the choice, not the police officers.
Technically, should still be alive if you become a cop. You will be a murderer. Fact. Nice. I just saw that one. I almost missed that one. Yep, I've been called murderer. I called a Nazi. I've been called a baby killer. I've been called uh, a whole lot of names. Um, and so that's not that unusual. So we should just do without law enforcement. Um, the training that we get is above and beyond any other job on the planet. I am telling you, it is constant training. It is hard to keep cops on the street because there's so much training going on. So many certifications. You got first aid. You got, uh, you know, um, I, you know, I can name them all. There, there's so much training. Again, people have no idea what they're talking about. That if you become a cop, that you're a killer or a murderer. I'm sorry. They become a murderer is just that's where we're at. Right. That's where we're at. And that's why we're having the problems that we're having. Um, uh, it's never the criminal's fault. Right. Right now, it's not the criminal's fault. It's not the Democrats fault for creating um, a, uh, a, say, a society within each one of the cities that they that they run and their leadership have turned them into um, uh, places of unemployment, of, uh, of um, poor education, of murder after murder. What is it? Chicago. I've said this a few times. Baltimore, 348 murders in 2019. Chicago had 231 murders uh, in 2019, 239 murders uh, just in 2020. And it's, it's only, we're only six months in. They're, they're not worried about that. That is not the problem. Don't, you know, the cops are the problem, <laughs> not the welfare states that they've created. That is not the problem, right? Now, I'm the problem as a police officer that I'm a murderer uh, and that I'm uh, an idiot. What else did I get claimed to be uh, and that I'm uh, uh, 100% uh, wrong? But ignorance, yes, ignorance is bliss. People, and I, you know, Carl, I'm assuming you're talking about the other people, but yeah, people just love to be ignorant. It is, it is, it is such a good place, right? I, I've talked about that. Time. Sometimes I'm jealous of ignorant people that it must be awesome to be ignorant, uh, that it, it must be just so freeing to be so stupid and to not care about facts. It, it's, um, it's gotta be freeing in a lot of way. And I talk about the homeless people too. It's so freeing to be homeless and blame everybody else for your problems and to be a victim. Uh, it's just like, it's never my fault. Uh, I am a victim. Um, uh, he was a victim, right? He was attacked by police officers uh, in his sleep. That is not what happened, uh, by the way. All right, so there you go. Uh, love you all, even the people that, I, I, I even love you guys and, and we'll pray for those of you uh, that um, think I'm a murderer, think I'm a baby killer, think that I'm a horrible person because I brought facts into your life. And I know that it's painful. I know it's painful to hear the truth. I know it's painful when you have to actually use that thing that's between your ears, that brain. It probably hurts because it rarely gets used. That happens to me sometimes when I use muscles that I haven't used in a long time. I'm sore from using them. So I apologize for bringing pain into your life. Um, but uh, go on and continue to be a victim. Go on and uh, listen to uh, people that should not be saying anything they uh, when they don't have all the facts and make up stuff and, 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 and make it sound that it's true. Uh, because it's not true. Much of it was not true. If not all of what they said last night uh, was not true. 
All right, my friends, uh, I'm just going to bring up my sponsors. Once again, you got to go to todayshappycoffee.com. Todayshappycoffee.com, one of the greatest coffees on the planet. Uh, today's CBD oil. Some of these people need some CBD. <laughs> it, goes, it may help. It may bring some intelligence into those uh, those little brains that they have. Uh, and todaysvaseo.com. If you want to feel better than you've ever felt before, get some wellness products over there at Vaseo, one of the top 50 healthcare companies in the world. All right, my friends, uh, again, I love you all. Thank you for, gosh, that was, again, uh, almost an hour and a half of all that. I thought it was necessary. I know that I'll get yelled at by some people. That was too long. And you have a bud. You went on about this and you repeated yourself. Hey, I'm sorry, but uh, I think a lot of it needed to be said. You need to see it. And sorry for the, the glitches that were going on. I think probably most of it was my fault. All right. That's, that's it, my friends. I'll talk to you later. Have a great, great night. Bye. At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. In a noisy, stressful world, quiet is the most valuable commodity. And the cabin of every Lincoln vehicle is designed with this principle in mind. Should you desire a little more melody... Our available Revel Audio system will not disappoint. The very same engineering that makes for a whisper-quiet interior provides a studio-like setting in which to rock out to your music, finding harmony all around you. That's the power of Sanctuary. 
And that's Lincoln. Revel and the Revel logo are trademarks of Harman International Industries, registered in the United States and other countries.